Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us as they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table. The story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Throwers Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome back to Bone Throwers Theater. This is Jeff. I normally play Jerland. This is Jeremy, normally playing Julian Illix. My name is Aaron. I usually play Sam Faluge. This is Johnny, typically playing Chime North. I am Ellie, usually playing Archibald Archie. Archibald. And I am Jordan, and I am the Complicator. Now, real quick. Yep. Ellie, you have just a few minutes. You can stay with us. You've got a family commitment you got to get to. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and let you go first with all your thoughts, impressions, votes, everything like that. So, so I had a lot of bonding moments in this session with different people except for Chime. Yep. Which is going to be a difficult situation, especially since Chime just is keeping his distance from Archie simply because of the past being within Archie, which is no longer there, but now there's but problems I'm not trying with to Chime. You anymore. I mean, Chime's a little busy at this moment anyways, <laughs> being the poster child. And now we've got <laughs> Jer, and we've got Sam, and we've got Archie, the three musketeers that That's have been battling right. and practicing on that ship the entire time, which is awesome. And I just pictured an 80s movie moment where there's like a montage and we're like working out and we're like, yeah, best buds. And so is that- it the three musketeers or the three amigos? Three amigos, you are absolutely correct. Three stooges. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really cool, The at least from my perspective, from when I started playing Archie, he was closed off, everything, and now it's almost crazy to think that he's trusting in people, and it's the same people making him believe to trust in them, and like they're all convincing him, you know, trust, it. you can trust in us. It's just you got to have faith in us and things like that. He's heard it from... Two people tonight. Yeah. At least two people tonight. I mean, we don't know what the discussion was with Jer, but that was a lot about, I guess, fear instead. Yeah. It was between Julian and Sam that they were both saying you need to, like, trust, and it's just a step you have to take, which was very interesting, especially for Julian to say to Archie, who's also somebody who's just like, ah, I don't trust you, I don't trust you, I don't trust you, um, stay away from me which is a big character difference for Julian. Julian himself. I thought that was a big character arc for him. And then Sam didn't even go crazy this time. It was <laughs> it's more so like <laughs> it's, it's, it's what everybody expects. <laughs> right, it's what everybody expects. Honestly. Didn't go crazy, but it's almost like Maybe we're going to go crazy. Maybe we're going to go crazy. No, we're just going to, like, everybody trust in me. Great! Okay, everybody trust in me. Like, get ready. We're on a roller coaster. You're strapped in. You're strapped in. You can't go anywhere. But that's just behind-the-scenes yeah, talk. Right. Yeah. That's behind-the-scenes. But that's what's going I, on in my mind. I'm like, know. I'm ready. I'm strapped in. I'm, I'm guarding. That, uh, last, that last scene was the drop on the roller coaster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, but, yes. But, We're here to leave the uprising. I'm picturing it as Shade, as Kronk, telling everybody else, raise your hands in the air! <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun this way. It's more fun. <laughs> 
Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely... It's um, all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's funny. It's like, you know how like it's the now, uh, then pictures when you post them and the now pictures? I just imagined the then posters as we were leaving and then the now posters as we're arriving. And it's just two different kinds of posters, but the same pictures. And you're just like, what did I miss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's why, like, I kept on saying as Archie, I'm like, we need answers. What is all of this? We need answers. But none of us know the answers. But all this new information is arriving that we don't want. We don't want this information. We don't want this wife. We want March right here. And, of course, Sam had to ask the question, or um, Aaron had to ask the question, oh, is the building still there? Oh, you would think you would think we learned these things. That I think was the biggest wrench, yeah, in, in what we were doing. But so, because uh, I was, if you notice, I was ready to roll right into it. I was like, and because Jordan was being mean to the kids, there's no stairs. So, well, the artist is assuming now. that the, the building was there. Yeah, and then we would, I mean, no the elevator. elevator. <laughs> walk up the stairs. No, I think it would have ended more or less the same way. Probably. Yeah. Jordan probably, probably planned this ending out six months ago. Um, <laughs> no way. Six months, you mean minutes. Six minutes ago. <laughs> no, Jordan, what Jordan had planned probably would have still happened. Thursday wouldn't have been there. It would have been somebody else. Yes. We would have had the same kind of conversation. So, you know, the question that comes up a lot of times is the question about, like, open sandbox play versus railroading play. And it's all railroading because the players go to the left and you're like, okay, well, they're over in the left now. Yep. You go over yeah. to the right. Oh, well, they're over to the right now. You don't have any set places where your plot points are supposed no. to be. You just have plot points and then you let the players do whatever they want. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to throw in my plot point now. And exactly. it's going to totally foobar everything that you have. Exactly. That's how you... That's GM. how you GM, and yeah. and that's really the basic element of GMing is that you come. Yes. You're not. Your job is not to come up with a story. Your job is to come up to the complications, yep. and that's I come up with the chaos. Yeah, like I literally chaos and a goal. I had well, I didn't even have a goal for you guys. Well, not I just I, I just was like, get to the city, cause problems, like <laughs> yeah, and, cause problems, and that's really all it I was. I just hope you have a goal for the season. Oh, the goal for the season is for you to die. <laughs> That's not my goal for this season. Oh, no, actually. Yeah, it's your goal for the season. <laughs> my goal for the season is for you to die, too. <laughs> no, I... No, I'm, I'm just... My goal for the season is to have a throwdown with Shade. Just with Shade? Like... Like, Jer and Sam have a throwdown elementally. So, so the, the big... That would be the big that point... Would be. I think the big point of the stories that I tell is not the war that ends all wars and the Kingmaker War or anything like that. My point in the story is for you to grow as characters. Yeah. And honestly, I think that this campaign has done a lot of character growth. Oh. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A lot. Which, let's get back to what Ellie Yeah. Because I have some things to say about character growth. Yeah. Between... Well, that's hard Seasons. to tell. Like, if I was giving points out for character growth, that's hard to choose. Because as I said tonight, like, just this today's sessions were incredible growth versus from the beginning. And yeah. I'm just like, who are you people? Yeah. Like, the growth in friendship, whatever that is. <laughs> that was directed at Aaron, Aaron. Because we don't know. We'll direct it at Sam. Yes, it's right. directed at Sam. Yeah. Well, no, it's directed at Shade. Right. Tonight, more Sam. You think so? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tonight yeah. was. We'll, we'll okay, get there. all right. Yeah. And um, Chime, I think, is about to have some 
great growth uh, based off of what's happening here. That's about to be crazy. Uh, great growth, uh, great uh, transformation. I transformation. Yes. Yes. That's a better word. That's yes. a great transformation. word. transformation. I will be a beautiful butterfly. And I, I uh, didn't get to talk about it during our, the alone time that Julian and Archie had in the bridge chop. chop shop. Thank you. To acknowledge what you had hinted at before, that Archie would notice uh, your character change. That only, that was only slightly there. I didn't get to acknowledge it. It just wasn't the time. I think... With that, and we'll probably talk more about that, there's a lot more to that than mm -hmm. just a shift for Julian. There's actual reasons why those changes are taking place. And there was another big hint that I'm sure we'll talk about that tonight. That happened when, in the scene with Sam and Julian entering the city. That's right, Darklight. But I think the vote would go for Julian's character, for character development, just for today. That is based off of him convincing Archie that trust is needed at this time. That that was <coughs> the tip off. Nothing. We'll get there later. <laughs> so my vote would go to Jeremy for that one. And, wow, that's really interesting because it wasn't Julian's intention in that statement to convince anybody of anything. Julian was just giving his take on what trust is. But trust is something that's very hard for Julian to give out. And that's an important thing to remember as well. And so if Julian is saying that, it's it's a pretty big statement is kind of what... Yeah. Okay. I mean, the only way you've been towards Archie for 90% of the time is, like, direct, but not friendly direct. Just like we need to get to the the center of this and the reasoning behind the things. And that, that was pretty much it. Archie was just a pawn in your game and you were trying to win the game. And except for tonight, where it seemed like you were actually trying to reach out to Archie as a friend, from my point of view. Okay, and I'll say this now so you can hear it. Part of the shift in Julian has to do with what happened at the end of Season 3. Where one of his goals had been all along, he was viewing if Katari could be saved. That means that Julian had a fate outside of bringing death and destruction to bring about change. And obviously, to Julian's perspective, that did not happen. So when you said Julian's point has been always just to win, like you said, something like that. To, like to, to get to, to, to the end of the game, just to, to win the game. To win the game. Honestly, that's part of what I was getting at with Julian being more reserved on the ship. Part of it, part of it has to do with something else. But Julian has accepted the fact that he, as a person... His life is not going to win. Huh. He's resigned to the fact that it's not my place, it's not my destiny, my place in this story to be the victor, to come out on top. It's his place to affect change so that others come out on top. Hmm. I like that tape. Role playing, from my perspective. That's very difficult tonight. No, not for me, but we'll get there. I think Aaron tonight had a great role for playing. Well, today. It's, it's now tonight, but really shined out with his role playing. Um, you just had... It's not, it's not like I'm saying you had the opportunities more so than others, but I think today was your session so that you could enact your role playing. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So that's just my opinion on that. 
What else? What is it? What snack. Else? snack. Do we want to give the rundown of snacks real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So there were or a Boston cream pie and mm. some cookie sandwiches. Like cream filled cookie sandwiches. Mm. There were delicious cookies. Mm. There graham cracker cookies. Graham yeah. cracker chocolate chip. Chunk cookies. Chunk. Chunky boys. Yeah, there were some chunky boys. Chunky tonky boys. <laughs> there were uh, bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Uh, the shrimp skewers. Shrimp, shrimp and sausage, sausage skewers. Meatball bites, which were mm. almost like grown up hot pockets or grown up grown up pizza bites, pizza rolls. <laughs> um, Big boys. <laughs> and there was tacos. Yeah. That tacos. Is that everything? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, everything was so good. Yeah. And there were chocolate-covered crickets, but only two people ate those. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They taste you shouldn't have told me what they were. They taste well. I it says chocolate-covered crickets on the bag. I <laughs> wouldn't have looked the, at the bag if you just handed it to me. I would have popped it in my mouth. You know, it actually tasted like coffee. Yeah, it's a very coffee flavor. Next time, don't say that, anything. I heard you say that. That's why I didn't eat any. It's the crickets don't bother me. It's yeah, the coffee. You're, you're not a big coffee <laughs> fan. I know that. Oh, coffee, well, Jeff coffee. and I went through this last time. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, last time we brought. Crickets, I am. No. Nope, Jeff and I did not touch them. Nope. Shrimp skewers. <laughs> what was your second choice? Tacos. Oh, sweet. How many points do we get as a so base? So satisfying. Oh, yeah. You get 10 points from Jordan. Game. For today's gameplay, you get 10 points. Oh! <gasps> okay. All right. Okay. So now that Ellie's leaving, we can have a real discussion. I mean... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Ellie, you're my favorite player. <laughs> you're my favorite player. Don't listen to all this BS from all of this. I'm gonna it was kill a, your character! It was no. a joke. Okay. Yeah, you, no! <laughs> That's what Sam wants! Death comes to you! That was my joke statement. What I'm really gonna say is I will do a quick edit of this and send it to you so you can hear what everybody else had to say. Ah. You're fine. <laughs> you are absolutely fine. Thank you guys. I enjoy coming every single time. Thank you, seriously. Oh, this, this You're welcome. Great. This was great. It's a pleasure. Mm. See you next time. See ya. Carry on with your real discussion. All right. So, in all honesty, she is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, other story points to talk about. There was a lot yeah. of fun story points. In yeah, this. it was. There was the whole underground city. That I mean, that's a. There's so much that went on today that doesn't feel like it was today. No. Yeah. Right. The right. underground story, even though that was only like an episode. Din four, Din four, not Newsome. I, I just Din took four. the name off of a games box in there. So Din four, and I was joking to Jeff that we were actually visiting Dinium and going to the underground market. <laughs> <laughs> no, yep. one, no wonder the name kind of felt right. I, <laughs> uh, that that was pretty cool. That was cool because yeah. it was really the bar scene. Julian, Sam, and Archie surprisingly felt like a cohesive group. Yeah, for for the probably the first time in the campaign, it felt like. No, not the first time. The second time. The first time Sam, Julian, and Katari in the Aqua Rail station <coughs> felt like a oh, yeah. 100% yeah. Of group. So I, total cooperation. I believe that if there were less things between Sam and Julian, Sam and Julian are really complementary characters. Yes, I believe so as well. There's just so much other friction, friction points. points. And that's part of Julian's shift is... He realizes that, and he has decided to, one, in saying he knows he's not going to be the winner of this story, mm -hmm. giving all of what his personal wants and goals 
to the side and saying, we actually have the pieces, the right tools here to accomplish something if we are not trying to preserve ourselves in the process. So that's where Julian is at. Okay. Anyway, back to the Denver scene. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a yeah, cool feeling. Yeah. Feeling and also pretty cool experiment in taking out that one guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was oh. a very good evidence of cooperation. I mean, even Jer wasn't there for most of it. As soon as the darkness happened, Jer kind of instinctively knew, all right, step back, something's going down. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, Julian's leading me out of here. All right, let's go. Yeah. And then yeah. chime on right there on the other side saying, uh, Sam, what's going on? Oh, just step through. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it, it felt like a group. Yeah. It felt like one scene, and all we did was kneecap somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and run. Yes. I was not about to step into the darkness because I knew what the darkness was. <laughs> yeah. And I knew there could be someone going down inside the darkness. <laughs> I really enjoyed that scene. It, it was, was a good really, scene. really cool scene. It was a cool scene. And Jordan, your description of entering the city. Uh huh. Well, and I knew I knew Gave there was something. I knew there was something that you had there, and that was when when it was like, all right, we're in the city. Where do you want to go? It's like, okay, hold on. You, I think you had mentioned. What do we see? It's like, yeah, come on, set the scene. Like, we know there's something here. Let's figure out what's going on. It's really hard because I feel like one of my strengths is I feel like I'm a very good descriptive GM. But also, I feel like one of my weaknesses, I can be overly descriptive. And so, I've been trying with minimalist descriptions a lot. And trying to say only what I think would be obvious. When you guys were like, oh, I need more of a description. I'm like, oh, well, they they deserve a bit more. I like how you did that. Because you... It's almost the way the characters would have perceived it as well. You did a quick pass of this is what you see. And then it was like... Then you went back, and it's like almost the characters did another scan, and they saw more details. Uh-huh. And then you did another scan, and you did more details. And then it's it all right, they're starting to move through the city. Then there's this detail that they start to notice. Like, you started with, oh, there's bullet holes and the mm-hmm. stuff in there. Then you got even more detailed and saying that there were painted symbols. And then it wasn't until we started walking, they was like, yeah, there's like dried and crusted blood in the streets. And the and dead like, animals. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was that description of entering the city was fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. completely gone to chaos. That was one of the solid things I knew. I tried not to do, like you were all kind of joking about like all of the different symbols and graffiti signs and everything that were popping up. But all of those were for specific groups that we've already talked about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Know. You know, right. so. I thought the, and here's why I gasped at that one image where you saw, you said it was gears with fangs. Because immediately I was just like, oh, that's bear. But then I was like, wait, why is there an, that image? Like, what purpose does that symbol serve? And I, always in the back of my mind, I don't know if I'm really trying to hone into how Julian is thinking. I'm always thinking is, yes, there's these images, but are those images really the factions? Or are somebody using that image to sow seeds of dissent and... So yeah, I thought about that also. Fracturing, yeah, I thought about the exact same thing. Well, because to keep them from uniting against yes. the true, I thought that exact yeah. same thing. Especially, so, especially when we have the posters, because as a player and as Julian would immediately recognize the gears with fangs as oh, that's that's an outcry against androids. But wait a second, the general population didn't know a thing about that. 
what's really going on would there? Would it be an outcry against androids or would it be the android uprising? Or and android uprising, yeah. Could be that possibility as well. When I was thinking of different images, I'm like, what could visually represent the animal preserve? Androids and animals. And so I combined the gears and the fangs as kind of a thing. Um, and Which is interesting because up until now, the presence of androids in the city we have seen has yeah. been more shadow, sleeper Cooper. cells, covert things. And the image that has been associated with Animal Preserve has just been that paw print. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but remember, and your point about like being misinformation is very valid because remember the whole deal with the fire drakes is that it was a misinformation campaign. Mm-hmm. Right. The council mm-hmm. lives off of a blunt force regime and misinformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we just need to figure out what's misinformation and what's real factions after we get out of this situation alive. No. No. Which as characters it made perfect sense for Sam to say what he said. Yes. What she said there at the end. Uh-huh. But that realization, as Jordan dropped the bomb, I'm Crom Delvey's wife, and then all of a sudden, the side shot replayed in my head. I'm just like, oh, wait a second. No, no, yeah, no, and, no, and no. I was <laughs> she died. And I was like, holy crap. No, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, yes, we are here too. <laughs> well, so that's the deal. Is like I, uh, I wanted to present a character that they might have remembered. What you all might have remembered, at least certain members of you, because yeah. that was all catnip for Sam. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially, are you here to lead the rebellion? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I am here <laughs> to lead the rebellion. Well, and it was basically off of your three by three for your new ideal of power is safety. Yup. So I'm like, I'm just going to throw this one a softball to see how this goes. So I have no idea who Miss Delby is, if she's really Miss Delby, who somehow survived. Well, that, that, could, it, be it could, it. Be. that it, could be it as well, because it was only told to Crom Delby that she was dead. Who told Crom Delby? Was it the interrogator? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was. Well, and I mean, it's a total retcon, but it is a common police. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much. Hey, so uh, this could actually be Crom Delby's wife. Possible. Show us the scar. <laughs> Where did you get shot? Well, none <laughs> no, of us no, no, know. No, no, none of you right. know that. That's that's all in the side shot, which is what makes this even more juicy. Because yeah. as players, we know. So it's like while we're playing these characters, we're the person sitting behind the TV. It's like, no, she's an imposter. Don't do it. Oh no. We're both sides of it. <laughs> so we've got one side of us is doing that while the other side is like, all right, come on, let's do this and step willy-nilly right into the face uh, of danger. Oh, yeah. It yep. was a great way to end the session. Oh, yeah, it, it was. was. Fantastic. I loved the ice boats. Um, that was a cool thing, too. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was, that that was, was nice. Cool. I, I kept thinking it. back to um, the Codex Solera series. Ah. Uh. The yeah. ice boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> the I've, ice boat. The, I, I still need to the read boat that made out of ice. Is it seriously? Yeah, I've never read it. Oh. I read the first book and I well, thought it was first, awful. What, what it, could you hate about it? Like, it, I, I think hate, the writing's not as good as Dresden. The, right, but it's so much like I feel like the story is Jordan's story. Like, it I is. feel like if some if Jordan were going to write a story that was like part horror, part fantasy, there would be like yes, in many ways that would be the story and he would come up with. The writing does get better each book. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear, and that's one reason why I'm waiting for the next book in the Cinder Spire series because yeah, um, I liked the story in that one, but I thought the writing was really clunky. Yeah, it was Cinder clunky Spire. in that one. That's his, his new series. series that he's oh, I never knew that. He only has one book so far. Oh. 
I didn't realize he was still working on outside projects. Yeah, uh -huh. that was, so he, as a complete nerd, Jim Butcher sidetrack, before he did Peace Talks, he had written a, this other book as the first book in a new series between the two Dresden files. I need yeah. more Dresden. Yeah. Anyway, back to our own world. Story, yes. Our yeah. own universe. I really like, even though it was the huge wrench that Jordan threw us up until the end, the print plates. Oh, yeah, that was so much fun. Okay, so before the print plates, the way we ended the previous episode, when we first came out with the drawing of Time's face, and then ended the episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so there's always the question of, well, is this just Chime that they're using? And then we yeah. discover that, no, as a matter of fact, they're using all of us. Uh-huh. Well, except for all Archie. All except for Archie. And, which is still... But was Archie mentioned? Yes, Archie was Archie mentioned was in the manifesto. And so was Ben. Yeah. So why us four? Well, Probably that, because they were sleeper agent androids and didn't have regular well, that, that, identification. That's what brings up the question of who's doing it. Right. Because we didn't, it's in the manifesto that they were androids. No, but if they, like, let's say they tried but, to find official documentation on Archie and Bear. They wouldn't find official documentation. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, they would if they were the council. Yes. So it's likely not the council. Printing. But they weren't on the, they weren't on the wanted posters. No, they were. they were. They were. They were. Oh yeah, they from were. From the black house, so yeah. they were on the wanted posters. Yeah, they were. Which is the whole reason they were mentioned in the mm -hmm. manifestos because yeah. they were already. So yeah, it has been somebody knew they were androids and wasn't counting androids as part of the process, which makes much more sense that it is the beginnings of what we know in history as the chaste. Yeah. yeah. Which makes more sense that it was an innate that created the plates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. An engraver. Yeah, um, it could have been an innate ability that did the plates. Yeah. The yeah. carver. That's why Julian was looking for evidence that the, what, the how engraver. the plates were made. Yeah. The engraver. Yeah, I figured that was why. Like, yeah. are they actually being made there? Is it somebody who's just touching them and it forms that way? That'd be a cool power. So, to Julian, either they were made somewhere else, mm -hmm. or an innate, or proxy. I guess Maybe. the big question, though, is how much are you going to let this distract you from the end goal of the season? Which, there is a real end goal to the season, which is rescuing Rednecks near Water Elemental. Mm, is that the end goal? That's, That's my your, end goal. That's Archie's that, end goal. No, what, is it? Because Ellie said something that made me wonder. She said that even Archie didn't disclose the full real reason, reason why... That yeah, elemental but... needed to be found. And why she's afraid. Yes. Why Archie is afraid. Yeah. So <laughs> the first thing they popped in my mind is like, do they both want it dead? <laughs> it's Nidog. Nidog wants the... Yeah, Nidog is still a force to be reckoned with. Uh-huh. Even if Archie is in better control and healthy, yeah. uh, Nidog is very much a... Nidog wants Renex Sneers elemental dead. Which goes back to my beliefs. Does Nidog? Ooh. Want the elemental dead? I think Nidog wants as much chaos and terror in the world as possible. Okay, so that's more Nidog's goal. So, yes, that would be in line with that. Which goes back to my new set of beliefs. My new 3 by 3 Androids are nothing but trouble, and elementals are the ones actually in control, not the proxies. I think that the androids definitely can control, especially if there's more symbiosis. He's just saying that that's one of his beliefs, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, yeah. within the proxy and elemental bond and the android and elemental bond, there's there's much more elemental control on both of those yes. parties. 
actually, Julian has shifted away from that thought to view more... Which is a fun juxtaposition. Yes, more elementals as not to classify them, are you a part of this faction, or are you part of this faction? Because he's seeing that even though that other elementals possibly would classify a certain elemental as part of a faction, that that particular elemental may not even be 100% aligned with what that is that faction. So he's more of along the lines that just as, yes, all of us are North Belisarian. We don't uh, want to be North Belisarian. We may not even want to be in Marlene or Centaur. Yeah. So we are individuals. Yeah. Julian's more on elementals or individuals. Well, yeah. Chimes is not saying that they're part of factions or whatever. It's that they're in control of the body that they're inhabiting. Julian's taking that a step further that some may choose to do that. Some may not choose to do that. Mm -hmm. So even degree of control from the elemental will differ depending on the elemental. Jer, I have a question for Mm -hmm. you or Jeff. One of your goals is to disbond with your water elemental and bond with a, an earth elemental. Yes. If you were given the option of bonding with Katana's elemental, would you take it? Possibly. You're talking earth. Earth. Yeah. Daffodil. As players, we know. Yeah. Yeah. Characters do not know that. Yeah. Even if that meant becoming one, a member of the council. Yeah. Huh. I could change the council from the inside then. Huh. Just asking. <laughs> and see, Chime's almost to the point where he'd be willing to be part of the council. Are you serious? Oh my god. We're all the villains of this story. <laughs> oh, there is so much that Aaron wishes <laughs> I had this information right now because, man, we are the council. Why are there even any comments on the council? It's not like they can do anything. <laughs> so probably if you were to be a council member you would probably be dark dark and you would probably be light dark no dark was the name of the the air elemental yeah yep yeah it was dark it was dark yes yes you did refer to del linden's elemental or at least council name as dark i said that at first and then i changed it to air oh okay yeah. See, I don't know if, even if everybody else was on board, I don't know if Julian would want to be on the council. But Julian wants everyone else to succeed. I don't think Julian would I like how we're talking him into it. I don't think Julian would want to be I don't think Julian would. Or would Chime rather be the prophet? Possibly. That would be a cool... Mike, where this is going. Considering Chime's powers. Although, the prophet is a spot open to the innate. I'm sorry, uh, one of the non-powered... But to the council, they don't know that Chime is an innate. Is an innate. It's true. Yeah, because his family didn't even know he's an innate. But I'm serious. Why are there even comments on the council? Yeah, never mind. (laughs) Because there has to be equal representation. Not anymore. Honestly, in the point of history where we are in North Belisera, at the end of this war, or at the end of this section of the war. I could see that if North Belisera is still around, and there still is a council, that there are no commons. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Because, because this uh, is yeah. commons versus proxies, and then the proxies win. Right. With the help of the innates. So, no more commons. Commons obviously still exist in the world, yeah. but they're not, they're not, not in a charge. position of power. And that's what I'm seeing happen. 
couple other things to discuss because <laughs> there are two things that I would like to discuss. One is your guys' take, and this is the hints that were sort of dropped. I wanted to go through at least a whole session of you guys quasi-guessing of what's actually going on with Julian, but then drop it in commentary. And it has to do with Katara's memories. You saw that in a couple different ways. It was in the first scene with Sam, and where uh-huh. it's showing the glove, where his tone changed, and I think the words he says, yeah, we've done that before. No, no issue there. And then immediately said, no, I think they need to be willing. And going, flipping right back to that. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that it's a side effect of him having those memories. Whenever he accesses those memories and he's coming out of it, his characteristics, his things that he does and possibly even says are actually as Katari. And then he doesn't realize it. So it's almost like his consciousness is delayed in coming back. Okay. It's it's being subsumed to a certain degree. There's more of a Katari thought process in that immediate moment. Right. Which is why that was said, Uh and he didn't even know he said it. And then the whole tripping and calling Sam by the call sign. Yeah. And then immediately going back to talking as he was Julian. Does that also have anything to do with Julian's more tidiness when it comes to his work? Or is that just Julian trying to be neater? Is there more influence there than than just in those memory moments? Yeah, I had interpreted as a, as a Katari affectation. I hadn't thought of that, but that could be. It was more of the fact that Julian resigned his own way of doing things and his own personal quest for information and to steer things the way he thought they should be steered okay. kind of thing. We didn't know that much about Katari and what she actually did. I don't know if she won. Is that, is that weird? If she was more of a, had a more of an engineering type mind. So she was a commando like Sam. Well, yes. So at the very least, she, she had like military precision. Yeah. She would have been tidy, very neat. And we saw her apartment was very uh, fastidious, if you will. So in saying that, that was not my intention, but that, I mean, that yeah. definitely a possible reason for that. Mm-hmm. Even well. subconsciously. Yeah. Had we played more out on the ship, it was my intention that it would have been Julian being a whole lot more introspective. That was probably where the difference would have been, whereas in the previous session, end of season three, Julian was keeping to himself, but was still gathering this piece of information, have this conversation to steer the group this way, mm-hmm. and sort of being more external, changing things. And yeah. mm-hmm. on the ship, it would have been a little bit more obvious. Yeah, he's being to himself, but it was more changing things within him than trying to steer everybody else around him kind hmm. of thing. I said I had two things, but I'm hesitant to share on the podcast one of the theories that have been in oh. play. Okay. Oh. But I want to share. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. So voting then? Yes. Voting. So character development. Character development. I feel I'm like just reading, reading chimes three by three changes. We didn't see a whole lot of that, but no. I, I'm going to. You're going. To we're see going it. to see it. Yeah, and so I think that's. I a, think starting next that's, episode, that's points where it is going to be shifted towards Johnny. Yeah. I think for yeah, for not that. this ep- not this session. So but. yeah, honestly, I was waiting for it at the chop shop. Once the poster came out, I was like, "Uh oh, what's going to see the the, the poster threw me for a loop." Okay, 
It visibly upset you as a player. Like, <laughs> it's because the way you just cut us off right there. It's like, I, yes. There's like no explanation, no exploring it at all. It was just like, poster, am I against or for the council? Thank you very much for. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that would be. I feel like that's very very cinematic. You know, like yes. the, uh, oh yeah, very the cinematic. Characters go up, they open the box, and they see this poster. And it's yeah. like cut to black. Yeah, it's like it's very cinematic. <laughs> But that's what that's one of the things that yeah. makes you binge yeah. watch because you get to the end of the episode. It's like, oh no, I need to know <laughs> next episode. Yeah, next it's episode. Like, <laughs> I have to wait a whole week. Yeah, I feel like I managed that twice tonight. You know? Yes, very really proud of myself. Uh, well, we then now thankfully have to wait a whole month to figure out what's going to happen with uh, yeah, you guys are Martha Delby. No, yeah, next session I expect to see a lot of growth for Chime. That's my expectation, especially if if we throw down the way I think we're expecting to throw down yeah. some and. I would have to agree with Ellie on Julian for multiple reasons. I think Julian's waxing poetic about trust was very unique to Julian. And one of Sam's beliefs was hardened recently about innates being less trustworthy. And Julian's goal and Julian's attempts towards working that goal made Aaron doubt Sam's belief. <laughs> <laughs> so, we didn't say this, but on the 3 by 3s because we each season update goals and beliefs, it was so funny, because we didn't know this, Aaron had Sam solidify or harden that innates couldn't be trusted. Yeah. And then, one of Julian's new goals is to try and earn the trust of Sam and Shade, as much as possible. And so, I wouldn't say that Julian is earning Sam and Shade's trust, but Julian is making Aaron want Sam to trust Julian. <laughs> and so it's like, ah, yeah. I would. So that's where my vote goes to Julian. My votes for Julian as well. Well, there you go. All right. I know that Jared didn't have any I feel like, playing tonight. Well, I feel like you had a lot of trust moments with Sam at the kneecapping scene. And then the fact that you were proactively trying to work with the other two proxies on the yeah. on the group, that's a pretty big step forward from you, especially from the beginning oh, of the yeah. campaign. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. Which is one of the reasons why... Well, I'm, I'm committed to the course now, so... Yes. Which is one of the reasons why I would have said Archie as character growth because of that as well. The moving towards the trust. Moving towards trust and working together with the group. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're going to transition to role-playing, it was like the first scene. And it was uh, Sam, Jer, and Archie. And immediately, I was fully hooked into the scene as soon as Ellie started talking. Uh (laughs) She was 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 on tonight. On fire tonight with the role-playing. So that's my hands down all across the board. And it, like, never stopped. Although we need to get her some stuffed animals. Yeah, so they're more quiet. Some teddy bears or something. (laughs) So she doesn't have to play with Darth Vader. (laughs) Just stomping around the table. (laughs) (laughs) There were so many visual jokes that were made because of Darth Vader on the table Uh that we wish you could see. But we're not a video. We don't have the budget for a video podcast. Yet. Pay us. (laughs) (laughs) which means that we're not working with the best of technology sometimes it works pretty well for what we do oh yeah um for our low budget we're going to continue with status quo as long as it takes because we enjoy making the podcast more than oh yeah more than we enjoy playing with technology yes 
the story is more important to me than super clean production values. Okay. I like super clean production values. Oh Don't yeah, absolutely. But but you know this is more important. Overall, our production is not that bad. No. I've heard much worse. Yeah. On much bigger podcast. Yeah. But I would say that Jeremy does phenomenal work. He yes. does. He yes. puts a lot Thank of effort you. into it. That's, yes. That means yes. a lot because I love doing it and I'm like I'm hoping this is good enough. I really enjoy it, so I hope this is good. No, it's <laughs> if if it's I good. could it's if I could have my really way, good. this would be our full time job and our passion project. Yes. But yes. but we this have to be, choose one or the other. We do for the moment. I mean, we're I, I'm not I'm not Pay taking, I'm not I'm not, <laughs> I'm not willing to take off our Creative Commons license or like start charging for for airtime. We don't I have the love. Honestly, no, one of my, we don't. I would love to write, produce, direct stories. Yeah, uh, no, that that's, that's uh, awesome. And you know, it's honestly, so over the past five years, there's been such a huge renaissance in audio dramas. Yes. There are some phenomenal audio dramas coming out these days. It's totally off topic, but just to let you know how much that I would enjoy doing this. Something me and my brother did when we were very young is we would get the soundtracks to different movies mm -hmm. and just let those play on a loop and come up with different, not that movie setting, come up with a different scene for that soundtrack song. That's cool. We would come cool. up with sorry. All right. So if we were to put this song in a sports movie and we're playing a final like championship football game. <laughs> how would this music fit and yeah. what kind of things would get. So uh, we, that's something that me and my brother would do. We would cool. spend hours doing that just in our living room. That's really cool. And so yeah. that's, that's something I really enjoyed doing. Hmm. So, and even as when we were younger, we created like full on out, like play productions of mm -hmm. renditions of different types of movies. Mm -hmm. So I think we did a version on Ghostbusters 2 before Ghostbusters 2 actually came out. So That's cool. <laughs> it was yeah. your own version of fan fiction. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Honestly, what we did, we got friends in the neighborhood and we came up with parts and we designed costumes and everything. And we did this full on production for any neighbors that, hey, come out to the street and watch us play Ghostbusters oh, 2. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Role playing, like tabletop role playing, is in the same spirit as LARPing and acting. Yeah. You know, it, it's very different, but it does scratch that same creative itch mm -hmm. and adding even more of a soundtrack aspect to it and the audio, the sound effects that you use. The audio additions. It, yeah, yeah. It makes it even more dramatic and alive and oh, yeah. vibrant. <laughs> Just to let you know how hilarious this was, at least to me, the climax of the Ghostbusters 2 play was another version of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man falling into uh, Old Faithful. And using huge cans of whipped cream to <laughs> <laughs> spray up into the air. That's awesome. Mm, tasty, tasty, yeah. I can totally see you doing that. Yeah. So getting back to Ellie. our game, Ellie. Uh, Ellie. Ellie. Yes. As that's my vote, hands down. Yeah. For our best role play. She yeah. she had some really great scenes. Yeah. Just about every character. And even like with the bartender. And, and very believable. Like Archie delivery has, is good. Archie has grown so much as a character, and I think she's finally feeling comfortable where Archie is with our group. Well, what I found it. fascinating was with Archie, her interactions with Jair and Sam and even Julian were very personal, close interactions, but the interactions with anybody outside of the group was very abrupt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's very much how Archie would have acted towards you guys yeah. at the beginning of that of yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. guess you can see that definitely was more short with that 
bartender. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Archie's working on keeping people at a distance, but has definitely learned a little bit at least about trust. Like power of friendship. So Ellie gets that point for role playing. Now the hard one. Yes, next. Yeah, the hard one. I already know where I'm going. Where I'm going. Uh, well, we all knew where you were because you kept eating it. Because <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, My vote's for the meatball slider things. Cause... Yeah, those were very good. Yeah. They were so good. <laughs> I'm torn between the meatballs yeah. and the tacos. Aaron was pounding those things back like they were never coming back. <laughs> I'm glad I made a lot. They, they might not come back. <laughs> I mean, they'll come are, back later. There are some... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there, there are a number of snacks that we've had that have never shown back up. Uh-huh. That's so true. Uh, this is probably the only time, likely the only time, I'll have those, those uh, meatball sliders. There's only yeah. been a couple snacks that have returned, and that's because we've only done, let's do the best of. Yeah. And see what oh happens. We're, we're due for a best of. We are. Maybe for our next anniversary episode, we'll do a best of. How 400. would you remember what snacks? I mean, I would have to rely on you to tell me what snacks I brought. You bring a lot of pastries from the grocery <laughs> I store. I do bring a lot of pastries from the grocery store. <laughs> or things that you're just left over from your fridge, and you're like, yeah, okay, let's bring yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it wins. Uh, my vote. Gosh, I, I tell myself, I, all right, I've decided. And then I go to speak, and I'm, like, immediately doubting what I'm going to say. Ah, decision. I'm not backing down. The bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. Mm. Those are good. Those, Those are good. very good. good. Very good. You can't very go good. wrong with bacon-wrapped. I mean, it's bacon-wrapped. And I <laughs> of love, course it's I good. I love jalapenos. And they yeah, had a good heat to them. They they had had a, really? Because the two I ate were so mild that... The first one was really mild, but the second one, like I said, it had not a yeah. lot, but a, a good heat. It had an appreciable amount. It wasn't yeah. overpowering. Yeah. I'm already wishing I had said something else right now, but I said it, so. <laughs> <laughs> what was your second choice? See, I can't even have a second choice. It was like second and third choice. What I was, you know, oh, As soon as I saw it on the table, I was like, is that Boston cream? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I love Boston cream. And then the meatballs. Those meatballs are really, really good. Big See, man. I, I cheated with the meatballs because I used the last little bit of dough and made like a five meatball one. Uh, yeah, I saw oh. that. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, Johnny, where'd you get that one? That one was huge. <laughs> Johnny's like, I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's a strong bully over there. <laughs> Anywho. Anyways. All right. I, the try to die of how Jordan GMs throw a dice on the table. And then I, decide whatever you want to do, right? No, it's, it's, <laughs> that's what I love about Johnny. I roll a dice and I break my leg. How did you decide that you broke your leg? <laughs> no choices beforehand. Well, that was, I rolled the dice to see which limb I broke. There are actually dice with appendages uh-huh. on them. One through three is meatballs. I've four seen through those. six is tacos. <laughs> meatballs. It's dose for meatballs. Two for meatballs, and there's one for the skewers, what? and one for the poppers. It was between the skewers Jordan. and the tacos. So, if you say skewers, you make Jordan vote. <laughs> <laughs> if you say meatballs, it's decided. Well, and well, he was saying tacos. If he says tacos, it's oh, also it's, decided. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't decide. Three. Uh, two, three. Like I did. One. Uh, the meatballs. All right. Meatballs it is! Woo! Johnny is back on top! <laughs> it's been a while. It's been like four sessions since Johnny has won food. <laughs> Which has been a while. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yes, please keep listening. Send us money. <laughs> More importantly, tell your friends tell to you. listen to yeah. us. And send yes. us money. <laughs> share the wealth of what we do. And, yeah. and, and share it. your wealth with us. <laughs> <laughs> if you think... That, so, honestly... 
<laughs> Honestly, sharing episodes is one of the major reasons why we do one shots. Yes. Is because listening to what we have over 80 hours in this one campaign one campaign yeah that's a lot of commitment to, uh-huh. to listen to. it is uh, but if you're listening to one shots you can say oh well they've got this star wars one shot or they have the 10 candles one shot exactly if you want to go and even further back they have two or three different inspectors one that's shots. that's exactly what i tell people i tell introduce them to i say i told them about the campaign we're doing but i say but you know check us out check out this one shot my brother jumped right yeah. into the campaign i know people that jumped in for all of angels guard yeah 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 yeah, that's bold. Angels Guard is a fun campaign. It is. It's it a is. great campaign. Oh my gosh. I don't think we've had a stinker of a campaign. No. Yet, but uh, I'm biased. Anywho, again, thanks for listening. Share our one shots, share our campaigns, download them, burn them onto CDs, give them to friends. And it's how we grow. Until next time, maybe you find your face on a poster. Who knows? See you later. <laughs> Or if you're listening to My Life with Master on a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Ellie, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That means you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is bonethrowerstheater. You can also look us up on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.